Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I'm delighted to have you with us this afternoon for our writer's training program called Blogging and Beyond, Writing Outside the Box with our guest, Deb Potts. Today, during this hour, you will discover how to know if and when you should start blogging, why becoming a blogging sponge can be a good thing, and how to be soaked and squeezed without drying up, why blogging is the newest and most advantageous writing genre, places to find blogging inspiration, the most critical blogging resources and technology to use, and how blogging is the key to multiple doors of opportunity, benefits, and blessings for you. Our guest today is Deb Potts. She is an encourager and an equipper, and she is one who is training exceptional living. Deb loves to connect with people in coffee shops and auditoriums and speaking and writing with humor and candor, and it's a great pleasure to welcome you, Deb Potts. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here, Marnie. Well, and I'm excited to have you. I have known of Deb Potts for a long, long time as an encourager and a helper to me through our expos over at womenspeakers.com. Everywhere I look, I find Deb Potts helping and supporting me and other people. So it's really fun to get to have you here today to talk about blogging. And maybe you can just, for the listeners, maybe you can just tell us when you started your own blog, what your original idea was, and how it looks now compared to then. Well, this, it's been a journey for sure. I started my blog in May of 2011, so I just recently passed my three-year mark, and I've had 35,000 views already on my blog. It's kind of amazing to me to see that. When I first started... Um, I had just kind of a general idea of what I wanted to blog about, and it was kind of, you know, all-encompassing well-being, heart, soul, mind, and strength. But as I've gone along and, and honed my writing skills and learned what audiences like to read and what they're not too interested in, I've kind of developed um, a little more detailed list of topics that I write about. Okay, and maybe you can just start with right now talking to the person who isn't even sure if they should be a blogger. Uh, maybe they've thought of it and they just don't know. They're really vacillating. How would they know whether this is a genre that they would want to write in? Well, that's kind of something that went through my mind at the time, too. I um, had kind of been waiting for a long time for my turn. I stayed home and raised my <laughs> kids and was waiting for them to graduate. I came to know Christ at at the age of 40, so I was kind of a late bloomer, and I really wanted to get involved in some kind of ministry, writing and speaking. And I, I thought it was my turn when my daughter graduated, but because of circumstances in our lives, it, it wasn't my turn after all, and I had to take a job. And it looked to me like a detour. And so I, um, I took that job. I ended up working for a friend of mine in a software company, and she asked me if I would do marketing, which I have no training in whatsoever. But she was willing to let me learn on the job, and it was a much better job than the one I had had before that. So I took the offer, 
and I learned all about marketing. And then later on, when I was finally able to step away from that mm-hmm. and, and launch into speaking and writing on a full-time basis, guess what I discovered? You have <laughs> to market yourself. Yep. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. all along what I thought was a detour, and it was not my right. turn yet, it was really a shortcut that God took me on. And so I found that I was so much more prepared once I launched into blogging to do that marketing, email newsletters, you know, writing short pieces. It was, um, it was really amazing to watch God. And so I want to encourage your listeners, if you feel like you're on a detour and you, you think it's your turn but maybe it's not, maybe God is taking you on a shortcut instead. And you also, as a listener, you might be thinking, you know, am I too old? I've been waiting for my turn for a long time, and maybe I'm too old now. But I just want to encourage your listeners, uh, Moses was 80 when he started his ministry. Right. Grandma Moses was in her late 70s before she ever painted. I have a friend that I recently met at Toastmasters who just has written two books. She's joined Toastmasters to become a great speaker. She just got her own cable TV show. She's 79, and she Mm. has Parkinson's. Mm. I mean, it's amazing. You know, so life experiences take time. So developing your message as a writer takes time as well. And I never really felt that one moment of my life was wasted. So mm. for, your, um, for your readers, I just want to, or your listeners, I want to encourage them that, you know, what you have today, you didn't have 10 years ago as far as the rich experiences and the topics to write about. And so maybe it is um, time. Maybe it's their turn now. Or maybe it isn't. Maybe you're on a shortcut, which you might think is a detour. But just trust God with that. You know, Jesus himself only had three years for his entire ministry. And so those are, you know, just general thoughts that I had about, you know, when is it time to blog or really any kind of a ministry. But blogging itself, um, we can, um, I think we have a a point later on that we can talk about, you know, more detail about why blogging versus any other type of writing. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit right now about maybe what it takes to do a blog I don't think we're going to address this later, and if we do, we can just do it here now. But um, one of the things when I think about, personally, I'm not a blogger because I honestly can't sustain it. I just can't sustain it. It just does not fit for me. I'm more of a social media person with the, and and that was one of of my personal coaches and business coaches told me years ago, get into social media because you can do very short pings out there with that, and that's um, highly enjoyable. So my blog at Marnie.com, what you see is not words. You see a picture with a few words, like maybe up to eight words on the picture, just words of encouragement, and that's what yeah. I do. That's, that's my blog because that's how much I can sustain. So let's talk about, um, first of all, you can be a blogger at any level you want. You can blog one time a month, one time a week, um, one time a day. You can blog any level you want. But from your experience, Deb, what is a good uh, number of times to blog in order to start getting some traction? Well, I, um, I take that direction from our community newspapers because I'm connected with them. That's how I got started blogging. They have had a requirement three times a week three to 500 words in each post. Now, that's kind of, it's been challenging to keep up with. And that's, you know, from their research, as far as SEO goes, that's what will draw um, traffic to your website. 
and that's what they want because they want blogs that are constantly updated to connect to their online newspapers. But um, there are so many different types and styles of blogs today. So if you don't have a requirement like that, uh, your post of a photo with a few words is fine. That's considered a blog today. So is an audio, a short audio snippet or a video. So there's, you know, blogging is becoming so much more creative and and over a wide spectrum of media. It's not just about writing anymore. Absolutely. So you do blog, Marty. <laughs> exactly. I do. I don't, I don't do it traditionally, but I found a way to do it. And I guess that's, you know, exactly. really the critical thing here is if you have something that you want to communicate, my entire desire was to communicate beauty and encouragement on a daily basis every weekday. Yeah. I never found a way to do that until this year, Deb. And I mean, I've been doing social wow. media 2009. I've had a website since 1996. So it took me a long time to kind of stumble upon or become aware of the one thing that I felt like I could really do well on a consistent basis. So for you listening, you want to think about that. One of the things that you want to unless you determine that this is really your direction you want to go, is uh, you want to keep it, like Deb was talking, the three to 500 words. And some of you are like, how do you know how many words? Just in your Word document, um, go to Tools, and then there's a word count, thing, uh, word count option under your Tools tab. That's going to help you identify how many words. And if you get up much higher than 500, if you start getting 700 to 1,000, you're really looking at more of an article. And that's what you would pitch to, um, like an online magazine or something like that, but at a blog, unless all of your blogs are going to be that long, typically people like to peek in at blogs every day or every week, and they don't have time to read really long articles unless that's what you trained them to do. So my suggestion is to keep it short like that. Anything else that, let's talk about maybe the other, um, we're going to in number four talk about the inspiration, but maybe mm -hmm. tell us how much time you spend hunting down ideas or what maybe, um, What's your what's your investment on that for a three time a week blog like yours? Most of the, my blog posts can be done in an hour, and that includes okay. finding the picture to go with it, um, doing all the other SEO little things that I have to do there, linking to other blog posts that are related, things like that. But um, I'm always in my brain coming up with new ideas, and that takes a lot of the work out of it. Once I sit down at my laptop and start typing. So I've got a constant radar going out, you know, about things that I encounter in a store or signs I see along the road or, you know, events that we're having as a family. Um, so I'm constantly gathering that information, putting a few words down when I'm sitting in my prayer chair in the morning. Uh, that's where I do a lot of my initial work because God just speaks to me through his word, and I take that quote or that um, passage and a few words about the topic, and I put it in Evernote. I have a, um, an app called Evernote right. on my phone, on my tablet, on my laptop, and it's all synced together. So I, I'm never out of touch with Evernote so that I don't have a, a thousand pieces of paper. And I am still struggling with a lot of paper, but I'm working towards getting rid of all that. It's uh, really um, challenging to get, you know, away from that and to use Evernote all the time, but I can see the benefit of it greatly. 
Yeah. Well, this is Marty, and we're visiting today with Deb Potts of debpotts.com, and Potts is spelled P-O-T-T-S, B-E-B-P-O-T-T-S.com, which you can find her blog there. We want to move on right now, Deb, and answer the question about being a blogging sponge. Why don't you just, first of all, define (laughs) what you mean by a blogging sponge? Well, I think of it um, because, you know, after I became a Christian, I was taking in and taking in and learning and learning and learning so much because I had so much time to make up for. And after a point in time, I felt like I was just soaked. And then it was time to start sharing that with other people. And so mm-hmm. a, a sponge, when you're cleaning with a sponge, you need to soak it, and then you need to wring it out. And then you scrub for a while, and then you need to repeat the process because the sponge gets dry. So you soak it and you squeeze it, and you scope it, and you squeeze it. So if you use a sponge when it's dry, it's not very effective. And if you only soak it and never wring it out or never squeeze it, it's going to get moldy. So you need to do both, soaking and squeezing. So as a blogger or even a writer, any type of writer, but I think with bloggers especially, we need to be soaked in our topic. If it's you know a Christian topic like me, I'm soaked in God's Word on a daily basis. Or if you're um, writing on a different topic, you need to be constantly learning new things and having new experiences Mm -hmm. so you have fresh new ideas to write about. And then um, we need to use what we learn. We need to to be squeezed and write it out into our blog and giving it away what we've learned. And that's the process of blogging. It's a very um, up-to-date, up-to-the-minute type of writing so I keep mine very fresh and new. I don't write very far ahead of time at all. So it's very fresh. So we never get to the place where we don't need more soaking. You know, that, I'm never going to get to the place where I know it all. I still need to keep learning. And if I get to that place, I'm going to end up getting dried up and useless like a sponge. And I think blogging is a perfect way to be soaked and squeezed on a regular basis because the shorter format of blogs and the more instantaneous type of information that you write about. That's so great. I wonder, I have a question to clarify here. Like, I think that teaching has an extra step in it where you learn something, then you do it, you polish it, perfect it, and then you train it. Uh, whereas blogging, you're actually in a different, little bit of a different position in a blog, in a 300 to 500 word presentation. You don't necessarily have to have personal experience with it. Instead, mm-hmm. what you need to have is you need to have enough evidence to point in a certain direction. Um, is that how you see it? Yes, I think so. I, I think it does help to have personal illustrations, not necessarily that you figured it all out, but you know this something happened to me today and it brought up this thought or reminded me of the scripture verse, that type of thing, because personal right. experiences and personal illustrations are important too. But yeah, it's, it's a process of learning. You're kind of learning with your audience. You're asking them questions. You know, hopefully they'll respond and, and give you some feedback so that it can be an ongoing conversation. Yeah. Why do you think that blogging is so advantageous now as a writing genre? Well, um, I think that it's a, a great way to establish yourself as an expert. It drives traffic to your website. And even if your blogs are just pictures, like you said, that will still drive traffic because you're constantly updating your website, and that's what draws it. So um, I did some research on stats from about blogging. There, the majority of bloggers are women. The majority of readers are women. And according to BlogHer, 
their, um, they surveyed um, the women to ask them what their weekly participation in social media was. Social networks was number one with 37 million a week, but blogs are number two with 23 million women hmm. visit blogs every week. And according to BlogHer, blogging posts carry much more influence over changing behavior than Facebook or other social media. Mm-hmm. So it's a matter of reach versus influence. So if you want to change purchasing habits or change opinions about things, a blog is more likely to be successful than social media. Mm-hmm. And according to BlogHer, women go to social media for beauty, entertainment, and dating advice, but for every other category, they prefer blogs. Interesting. Okay, so beauty, entertainment, and dating go to social media. <laughs> That's funny. I'd never heard that statistic. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so one of the things that I feel like is we, we live in an amazing time right now where you can be published from the comfort of your home in a matter of 30 minutes um, just by going over to WordPress or Blogger or different websites that give you, you know, any probably close now to $35,000 or $50,000 worth of programming for free, you have all the bells and whistles that you'd have to pay buku bucks if you did it yourself, and it's just there for free for you. And anybody can really start this up. Um, wh- why do you believe that so many people start and stop? Start with blogging? Yeah, they start a blog, then they quit. Mm-hmm. Oh, why they quit? Yeah, because they they don't they can't keep up with it. It really is an investment to do that, and I think this I think the statistic is something like ninety five percent of people want to write a book. Have you ever heard right. that? Right. It's a very yeah. high percentage, but actually, when you get down to actually writing a book, <laughs> it's a lot of work, right. and so. I think we, we kind of have this idea that maybe I want to do that. I think a lot of people try it because it's, it is easy. It's free to get started. And so um, they probably find out that that's maybe not where they need to be. Yeah. Yeah, or just maybe didn't have um, an understanding of the investment that it was. And it sounds pretty mm-hmm. small when you say you only spend an hour doing each blog. But that's mm-hmm. that's like just the writing and publishing of it, and then you've got the whole thought process that's going on, then you've got the comments back to people who comment to you. You know, it ends up to be, um, it ends up to be a lot when it happens every single week year-round. <laughs> and when exactly. it's taken individually, it doesn't sound like much, but it actually does end up to be quite a lot. You know, this is only a one-hour radio show, but this one-hour radio show consumes several hours of our time every week, um, you know, booking yeah. the guests and getting all the show notes and, you know, everything, um, mm-hmm. getting it up, uploaded to the syndicators, all that. So when we, when we go into stuff like this, the best idea is to know what know what the cost is going in and then to look honestly at your at your schedule and to say, you know, is this something that I can maybe do? And if so, how could I do it? And my recommendation to you is that you start small and build. Instead of starting at five days a week, uh, start at one day a week and see if you can sustain that. As soon as you got that, you know, start like with a crawl and move to a walk and to, then to, you know, then to a run. Um, because some people honestly love it and they just, they just get up every morning and that's the first thing they do and that's, the, they just, that's what, 
kicks their day off every day is getting their blog going. Other people, it is they realize after doing one a week for a while, this is not me at all. So I would just <laughs> encourage you uh, just to give it a trial run and don't don't sink the whole you know uh, your whole future into it. But give it a trial run and just see see what you can do there. Deb, when you started, were you always doing three times a week? Yes, I did right from the get go because of the paper, the newspaper. Right. They right. Had, they had um, I had wanted to blog and I was thinking about it, but I had no idea how to start. And I was reading in our no, local community newspaper that they had a blogging workshop that they were offering for free. Nice. And so I thought, well, I could I could do that. So I went over there, and it was fascinating. They had a, a wonderful guy that was the editor of the paper, and he really saw the need to build the online presence for the newspaper. So he put this all together. He had somebody talking about IT, how to start the, the blog. They had a, another blogger talk about her experience with it, and they said, if you want to commit to blogging three times a week, we will connect you to our online version of our paper, and then you'll have a widget ah. or a little box on your website to connect to us. So it's a cross-link. Very valuable to have a cross link. Yeah. And so right off the bat, I knew I had to do it three times a week if I, I didn't want to get dropped. And right. then as time went by, the newspaper was purchased by a larger conglomerate, and now they own 19 papers, which are all connected to me online. So that's really wow. valuable to me. And it's so it's worthwhile to me to keep up with that it's kind of an accountability thing for me because I know if I didn't have that, I would not have kept up with it. But I can look back and go, oh, my gosh, I've got, you know, 450 different blog posts now, and I have been able to use them making e-books and all kinds of other things because I've got this wealth of information that I've got out there. And we're going to talk a lot more about this as the hour goes by about cross-linking and about you know, how to use the blog posts once that you get them out there. But before we leave this um, question about why it's so advantageous, one of the things that is true is that Google really likes blogs. Um, when people are searching for a specific topic, if you have written a blog about that and you have done a good job on your keywords, and let's say that there aren't a whole lot of other people that have done exactly that um, topic and those keywords, you're very likely to show up in a Google search. Now obviously, if you're talking about diet and you know your keyword is diet, you're not going to show up because all the big hitters are out there talking about that and so it's going to be very difficult to get rankings on Google. But when you have a niche, when you have a specific topic and you write a blog about it, that blog gets better ranking on a search, Google, Yahoo, whatever. It gets better ranking in search engine results when you do a blog, then if you were to just say have it on your website, have a book about it, um, like that. And if you do a video blog, that's even higher. So uh, you can really take advantage of a lot of search engine ranking by having a blog. Did you have anything else you wanted to add to that thought? No, but I totally agree with that. Yes, it's so advantageous. Okay, let's go ahead and move on. And in the rest of the hour, we're going to talk here about places to find blogging inspiration, the most critical blogging resources and technology to use, and then how blogging is the key to open multiple doors of opportunity, benefits, and blessings for you. So let's talk next, Deb, about the places to find blogging inspiration. And um, I, I love this one. This one, 
I can imagine you know, that everybody listening has their own, but we'll just share a bunch here and then you guys can take it from there. Um, for that area, I, my prayer chair is the number one place where I find the inspiration. And that, like I mentioned before, using Evernote really helps me to gather that and put it down because if you get an idea, don't think you're going to remember it when you get out of the car and walk into the house because it's going to be gone. You need to gather it, and it's so important when you get that inspiration. Um, and and I, I think I what you said, did you say that your prayer chair was your main one, your prayer chair? Prayer, yes, I sit in a certain prayer chair, chair okay. and I do devotions in the morning. Sorry. <laughs> okay, that's okay. It so, just kind of hiccuped right there. Oh, okay. Um, when I first started blogging, I was afraid I would run out of ideas because three times a week seemed like a lot. But honestly, I have, I have folders, first of all, in the paper before I had Evernote, and now in Evernote I have a whole notebook full of ideas on blogs. I don't even have time to do all those blog posts. So it's, once you start going, you, the creative juices start working, and you start coming up with more ideas. I also visit other blog posts that are in similar areas as me, as me Sometimes I'll, I'll have a guest blogger that comes on and does a blog for me, and sometimes I have a guest blogger on somebody else's blog. So there's um, all kinds of ways to get ideas. I read magazines. I, I'm always searching through magazines for topics that are similar to mine so that I can write about it. I read a lot, and I very often write about a book. I, I have many books that I have kind of reviewed on my blog. So that's a great way. Um, conferences that I go to, events that I that happen in my life, I'm always looking for the way that I can turn it into a blog. <laughs> yeah, and that is actually, uh, we were talking earlier about the commitment. What happens is once you have this new responsibility or this new project that you're working on, the blog, um, or whatever it is, what happens is the reticular activator inside of your head yes. gets going <laughs> on full steam ahead. And Everything that you used to see that didn't really trigger a thought like that becomes a story. Everything yeah. becomes a blog post opportunity or everything you know, becomes relatable in that way and you start seeing your life and everything that's happening around you through different eyes. And so yeah. there, there are so many places that I loved. You, know, you said you read a lot of books, which is great. New books are great. And then also the magazines. The magazines and the news sites online those are really awesome because they're going to give you the currently hot topics. Those are going to be an indication to you of what everybody's thinking about today or this month because the magazine has told them to think about it or the news has told them to think about it. All of a sudden, you know, you know maybe the Twin Towers, you know, just weren't in much of our thinking before 9-11. Well, all of a sudden it became majorly a part of our thinking from that day forward. All of us know exactly what I mean, Twin Towers, you know. And yeah. so what happens is that if we are paying attention with our writing in mind, then we can apply those things. And actually those are the things that get the highest um, readership as well as the highest search rankings are the things that are tied in to current news. So that's another idea there. When you are, um, maybe I'll let you finish there. Did you have any other places to look for blogging inspiration? Um, no, I can't think of any other one. 
Okay. I use I use my journals a lot for mine, and like again, mine are only going to be short, you know, three to seven or eight word phrases. Mm -hmm. But if for someone who's writing a full blog, um, what I would do is if I had time, I would actually take those same three to seven or eight words and just turn it into 300 to 500 word um, discourse on that. I would just address that topic and I would just make it broader and fill it, you know, fill it out, you know, put the clothes on the hanger instead of just handing out the hanger. <laughs> so um, exactly. that's what, that, you know, my journals, my journals are where I find my, my quotes. I just go back through old mm. journals and there's all kinds of great content in there because it's what God was talking to me about at that time on that date. And I, you know, a lot of times he's developed that thought since then and has grown me up in that. Let's talk yeah. um, about photos. You talked about using photos in your blog posts, and I, too, believe photos are just, we are such a visual society right now. We love yeah. photos. <laughs> so talk about, talk about how you use them, where you find them. Just give us a little insight into that. Well, in the beginning, I was actually, I had a paid subscription to a clip art so I could get them there. But now I get them from the Creative Commons, and there's several different plugins that you can get. I have a WordPress site, and they will help you grab those photos and then have the attribution below, of, you know, for the, the um, photographer that took the picture so that you can include that right into your uh, post. Sometimes I use my own photos, so I've got my iPhone with me wherever I go, and I snap a picture, you know, that um, I might want to blog about later. So I, I did that. In fact, the one that I posted today is a, a photo that was taken last week at a reunion that my husband and I were at. So, you know, I'm um, not an expert photographer, but it's amazing what your iPhone and your computer can do with, with photographs. Absolutely. So talk to us a little bit more about Creative Commons. So someone who that's Greek to them, maybe where would they find that? Um, how would they go about um, getting at the photos? Okay. If you, um, I'm not familiar with Blogger so much, but on WordPress, if you look, search for plugins for photos, you'll have a whole list that comes up of different plugins that you can find. And the Creative Commons are places where photographers put their photos for free. You don't have to pay for them, but you do have to include the attribution, you know, their name and the website where they're found. And there are several different places where you can find those. So the best place to look is, you know, if you're in WordPress, go to your plugin page and look for new plugins for photos. Um, Flickr is a website, and there's a number of them too, so you can also Google free photos online or Creative Commons online to be able to download them that way if you want to do that without having a plug-in. Great. And for paid ones, I use, um, now I'm using 123R as in uh, Robert, F as in Frank. 123RF.com is where I get my paid photos from for the most part. And also iStock photos, they are more expensive. Um, 123RF is very inexpensive. iStock photos is more expensive, but a lot of times I will find exactly what I need at iStock photos and then can um, purchase that. So that's some ideas for you for finding some photos for your 
um, for your blog. And let's talk about how to do some searches. So Deb, when you have a topic, how do you decide what kind of a photo to go with it and how do you search for that photo? Oh, that's a good question. Um, a lot of my topics, there's not really like a photo of it. I don't write about cars or things like that. I write about many times um, healing and forgiveness and things like that. And so I have to kind of get creative with my ideas on the photos. So I might be looking for maybe the back of a person looking off into the distance. So I might um, just put um, a sunset or a sunrise or something like that, mountains. You know, it's, it's really kind of hit or miss. I don't really have a formula, you know, to find the photos. It's something that I really enjoy doing, though. It's, I love that creative part of it, putting a photo with a, a web or a blog post. But it's yeah. kind of hard to I, really give a formula on how I'm doing that. Right. And if you do have a word, just search that word and search any. Um, do you guys know that if you're typing in Word document, and this is my word, if you're typing in Word document, and let's say, okay, I just pulled up a doc real quick to do a sample here. So, for example, the word message. Okay. I'm going to right-click on the word message, and one of my options there is called synonyms. And if I just highlight over the word synonyms, it gives me a whole list of other words that mean the same as cinnamon, cinnamon, synonyms like communication um, or the word message like communication, memo, memorandum, note, letter, meaning, significance, point. Okay, so if you're if you're not having luck finding your photo using your first first search term, do a right click and look at your synonyms, and that's going to help you be able to identify what are some other search terms that you can use. And if you, the other place you can do that, of course, is online. You could just go to um, dictionary.com and they have a synonym um, uh, feature there where you can uh, look up the synonyms at that point. Okay, blogging yeah. inspiration. I think we are ready to move on to the next point, but there's so many different ways you can do this, and, and I just agree with Deb that everyday life is the best um, and most obviously um, available source to you, but you have to have a system. When you were talking about it, I was so glad that you mentioned that you had Evernote, and that's available at Evernote.com. And also you can use anything you can, what you want is you want to have a system that allows you to share, like Deb was saying, from her home computer to her iPhone, <clears throat> to her iPad, whatever. You want to be able to share this information between systems. And so using either an Evernote system or a ClearNote, or you could even use a Google Doc um, and create a document. I, I love Google Excel. They don't call it Excel, of course, in Google. They call it a, a spreadsheet. But I love a shared Google spreadsheet because I can categorize at the bottom on the tabs. I can categorize which category this link or this idea falls into and just store it there and then I can get at it wherever I am. Let's talk about that real quick before we go on to um, the critical blogging resources and technology. Let's talk about um, how you actually store your ideas. Do you just put them all in one dump bin and grab or do you have it sorted in a particular way? Yes, in Evernote you can make notebooks and so I have a notebook for blogging ideas. I've got a whole series of different notebooks for other things because I am a speaker as well, and I have a book, and I'm working on a Bible study, so I've got several different notebooks that I save information in. So I've got it categorized and organized that way. So I've got each notebook will show up on any device that you're in, 
so you can quickly go to that one when you're looking for inspiration. And then I also um, also separate them out a little bit because I've got a blog post type that's called Life Equation that is kind of like what you've talked about. You have a, a photo and just, and what I've done is taken a scripture verse and convert it to mm-hmm. a mathematical equation. And, that, and then <laughs> I just write a tiny little snippet underneath, maybe a paragraph or so about it. So that um, I have a separate notebook for my life equation, ideas that I have on, on creating new life equations. So that's... Now, um, within, yeah, within your notebook, are you able to do chapter headings or anything like that on Evernote? In, in Evernote, you can have, and I forget the term they use, keywords or keys mm-hmm. or something like that. You can give it a name sure. so that you Perfect, can come yeah. back and, you know, locate all the things that were about broken hearts yeah. or whatever. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, that's really so important at the time that you're saving the note to bother to write down kind of the um, either the topic, the subject mm-hmm. area, or the date, like if it's a Valentine's or something like that, so that you are able to find it again. It does get it does get overwhelming as you yes. start to get a lot of ideas in there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of fun to read down the list and see what's there. <laughs> so that's great. Okay. Uh, well, for those of you who are just joining us right now, this is Marnie Swedberg, and our guest today is Deb Potts. Um, her website is Deb, P-O-T-T-S, debpotts.com, and you definitely want to check it out and follow her blog. And she's here today sharing us um, – Writing outside the box, kind of moving into the blogosphere, and maybe you've been writing articles, or maybe you've been writing for your local newspaper, or maybe you've been working on a book or have a couple published, but you're just thinking about blogging, or maybe you have never done anything like this. A blog is a wonderful place to start. You know, Deb, when I wrote the book, Sane, uh, Social Networking Success in 15 Minutes a Day, which is available mm-hmm. free from womenspeakers.com. When I wrote that book, I just kind of itemized it out like this. When you're just starting into communication online, I recommend that you do it with social media. Just pick Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn, whichever one matches your personality and your um, area in life best, and, and just start putting something out there every day because that's about 140 characters. That's really short. Mm -hmm. Not 140 words, 140 characters, which is very short. (laughs) And then what you can do is you can move next to a blog, which is about, you know, anywhere from, you know, 50 words to maybe 500 words. And then after that comes articles, which is 700 to 1,000 words. Some articles are only 300, but most of articles run anywhere from, you know, 700 to even 1,500, sometimes 2,000 characters. And then you would go to to a report, like a the, something, a report that you would offer free on your site, which would be something, you know, that would explain in more detail what you were trying to say in the article, but you just didn't have room, but you could actually explain it better, and you could offer that as a free report, and then after that, you would look at possibly writing a book. So that's kind of the progression that I encourage people. If you're just starting, you know, don't maybe just dive into a blog first thing off. Just get used to what it feels like to communicate online with people and then go forward from there. And I'm probably, you know, there probably aren't too many people listening that don't already have um, at least a couple of what I just mentioned already, but if you don't, that's how I encourage you to start. Let's talk a little bit more about blogging resources and technology. And before we dive fully into this part, you mentioned earlier that cross links were valuable and you were getting cross links yeah. from a, a conglomerate of newspapers. So define for the listener real quick what a cross link is, and then we'll go forward with the rest of the resources and technology. 
Okay, sure. Uh, Crosslink means that on your website, like for my for my website, I have a link to the Oakland Press. That's the name of my local newspaper. And it's actually a little widget. They gave me some information. So it's a little box at the bottom of my website, and it gives the latest news. It kind of um, circles through there. And then on their website, they have a, a heading called blog, and then I'm listed in there. So it's a cross-link because on my website, you can click something and go directly to their website. And on their website, they have something you can click and direct go directly to my website. So those are valuable links, especially if the person or the, the website you're linking to has a lot of page views, like a newspaper. They have something like 50,000 page views a day. So that's very valuable for me as far as the, the Google bots <laughs> as they're crawling right. over your website. They like that. They just eat that up. So. It's, that's why it's valuable. And I'm not a tech person, so I don't know all the right terms, but um, I know that that's a valuable thing to have. So if you do have links, I have a link to, to Marnie's website. I have a link to uh, other ministries that I'm involved with, and they have links back to mine as well. So if you have right. a cross-link, that's very valuable. Right. And again, what, what we're talking about is an external link. So links within your own site do count, but links from a different site to yours or from yours to a different site count more. And the bigger yeah. the site you link to, the more they count. So this is just kind of an algorithm they have going on the back. So like Deb, you and I, we, we cross-link at multiple points just because that's what we've been doing. You know, it's not like we went out of our way to do this necessarily. It's, uh, it's mm -hmm. how our life and ministries evolve. So we cross-link because you're a speaker at womenspeakers.com. So you point people over to us and we point people back to your website. You've been yes. a, um, a, blo a blog partner and a hostess at our Bible Study Expo. So there's another site. We, you know, link back to you and we have your page at ours and you uh, send people over to us. So this is how you guys can start looking for opportunities. One of the fun things about this blog talk radio show is that we offer an embed box, which is E-M-B-E-D, embed, just like you can embed a YouTube video into your blog or into your social media post. You can actually embed the show you're listening to right now will be archived and you can embed the show or the whole blog, this whole station, Marnie's Friends Station, right onto your website or onto your blog or onto to your um, uh, social media page, and that will count as direct links from blog, blog Talk Radio is huge, and it counts as direct links for you back and forth there. So you have these opportunities, so you just need to be watching for the opportunities. And of course, what I just said about embedding a YouTube video, it works the same when you embed anything from a big organization into your site, linking out to them and then them to you, of course, uh, that is... That is so valuable. Okay, let's go yeah. ahead. Did you have any other thoughts on that one? Um, not right now. It might come to me okay. later. But that's okay. <laughs> let's, let's move along to some of your other uh, resources and technologies that you wanted to share here. Well, besides Evernote, that's a, a big one for me. Scheduling is a big deal for me. Yeah. I'm busy. Mm -hmm. I've got yep. lots of other things going. And I am using um, just a, a tool in Outlook that's very simple for me to use. It's tasks, and I find that it's helpful. It's got a way for me to track how much time I spend on each project, and I can prioritize it. I can have a beginning date, ending date. I can track 
how much, not just how much time I spent, but how much I budgeted. And then I can look back and see, you know, how am I spending my time and did I spend it wisely and, and how much time is this blog actually taking me. So that helps me a lot. I have to have some kind of a schedule. I um, I personally get distracted easily, and so I always use a timer when I'm working. I schedule a time and make appointments with myself when I'm going to work on um, my blog or whatever project, and I set a timer and I sit down and I don't get up from my desk until the timer goes off. And I love that. It's a simple thing, but <laughs> I really need that. Because at the end of the day, if I didn't have that, who knows what I've done with my time. It's amazing. So I love You know, I want to just, yeah, let's just pause here for a second. First of all, Deb, I'm so glad that you were vulnerable enough to just say that because, you know, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like such a simple tool, but it's actually huge. Yeah. One of the, yeah. in uh, Fast Company last year, I think it was, or maybe it was already 2012, they did a, they did a study and they put out that the average, um, whenever an employee in a company, like in an office setting, was disrupted from their work. It took them 11 minutes average mm-hmm. to get back on task. 11 yeah. minutes. And you think, how yeah. that be? Especially because at the rate of interruption we have right now, it's, it's, we're being interrupted all the time. We aren't getting anything done. And that's what you're addressing right here with your timer. You're saying, I'm going to clock mm-hmm. this out. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not moving until I'm done. And when it's done, I'll answer emails again or answer the phone. I love that. That's a super strategy. Yes, it's very, very helpful. Um, other tools, there are um, a number of tools to create ebooks from your website posts, your blog posts, and those are really helpful. I have created two ebooks from collections of my blog posts, and there's a whole list of them. If, um, you know, you can go online and um, and Google that. Um, some of them are specifically for bloggers. Some of them are specifically for WordPress. Um, do you want me to give names, or should I just yeah? I think we should. Up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There is one called Blurb.com. B-L-U-R-B. There's Blog to Print. Both of those can you can actually print a physical printed book from your blog post. There is BlogXP.com. And that creates an EPUB file that you can then upload as a Kindle. There's Anthologize. That's a WordPress um, tool that you can use to collect different posts and create a book out of them. Some of these even make um, table of contents for you. There's Zinepal, Z-I-N-E-P-A-L, and that is for a non-WordPress site that can create either a PDF book or an EPUB book. And then for Blogger, they have some specifically for Blogger. Blog Booker is one of them, B-L-O-G-B-O-O-K-E-R, and Fast Pencil, F-A-S-T-P-E-N-C-I-L. So, and there's probably more than that, too. It's amazing how many of these have sprung up because this is something that you can do then once you have a collection of blogs, put them together in an e-book. And um, that's a valuable way to repurpose your information to... Um, gather email addresses for your newsletter to test out a subject to see if there is an interest in that. Should I pursue that and actually write a book or put together a workshop on it or whatever? So that those are they're really helpful tools. Um, so let's 
see, what other tools I had, just Blogger versus WordPress, and that's the decision that I made in the very beginning to go with WordPress because I knew that they had more functionality, and I really wanted to be serious about this going forward. They have better SEO results, I think, uh, than Blogger does, even though Blogger is much more simple to get started. So you really have to evaluate, you know, what your goals are with regard to blogging. If you're just kind of trying it out and testing it out, just go with Blogger and try it. You know, and, and after, you know, six months or so, if you feel like, yeah, I really want to keep that over to WordPress and, and, you know, the sooner the better if you're going to be serious. And WordPress is amazing. My whole website is a WordPress site now. It's incredible how much you get I just, for free. I uh, cannot tell you enough what an amazing thing WordPress has done. And if you were to try to hire a programmer to give you even a fraction of the um, processes that they provide for free there, it would be thousands and tens of thousands of dollars. It's amazing. And they just give it to you for free. So it's really, uh, WordPress is where I'm at too. And actually, I didn't ever, I didn't ever really look into blog, uh, Blogger. At the time that I started, WordPress was kind of the hot thing out there. And they have really okay. done a good job of just growing it amazingly, amazingly over the years. I want to just um, go back to, to the tools to create ebook. Um, I do want to encourage you, if you're going to, some of you have your wheels turning already. I know. You're like, you're kidding. I could have a book you know, quickly, and I'm like, yes, you can, and Deb's like, yes, you can, but, 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 but. Uh, before you do that, I've written a book called eBooks: Idea to Amazon in 14 Days. So honestly, literally, you can take this process and using um, these new tools, which are not even in my book. But um, if you get the the if you're a member at Marty.com, just just log in and you can get it there. It's part of the membership. But if not, uh, just register. But Idea to Amazon in 14 Days. This book is going to help you to be able to make sure that you have a quality product that's going out there instead of just publishing something that you're going to like not be happy with and that it's not going to do what you want it to do. So if you just spend a couple hours, it'll take you two hours to read that book, eBooks, Idea to Amazon in 14 Days, and you can get it at Amazon, of course. But um, just if you go through that just point by point, it's going to give you strategies for how to format it, how to get it edited, how to make sure that it looks really great when it goes out, and then using these new tools. I, it just blows my mind, Deb. Whenever I blink, it just gets better and better. <laughs> I know. Awesome. It's amazing. It is amazing. It really is yeah. amazing. And I've read that ebook. I loved it. And I also, I've listened to so many of your trainings, and I'm trying to remember the gal's name right now that did the self-publishing, Shelly Hitt. Um, yes. I searched her her on your website, and wow, she has a wealth of information. And I followed that to create my own Kindle book last winter, step by step. She just lays it out. Oh, my gosh, the value that I get from your website is incredible. Oh, that's awesome. It's just amazing. Really? Yeah, that's really great. Neat. And Shelly has in her training that's included in the membership. And you can, the easiest way to get there is go to womenspeakers.com and then just go shop at the top and then you can get out everything. But that training that she has in there, I think it was like, is it like a 25-page workbook that came with her training there? I mean, it is fantastic. Yes. It pays mm-hmm. for the whole membership right there. Okay, yes. let's go ahead. Did you have any other resources or technology you wanted to touch on in this section? You know, something just came across my mind and it just, right out of my brain. <laughs> well, we can come back. We can come back when it peaks its head around, around the corner okay. again. Okay. 
Our final section here this afternoon is how blogging is the key to multiple doors of opportunities, benefits, and blessings. And of course, we have just been talking about one of the huge ones right now, which is the opportunity to actually write a book. One mm -hmm. One, basically one small chapter at a time, one 300 to 500 word chapter at a time. And, and you can actually later, like you were talking about anthology, you can actually later reposition these around each other to actually do a flow that's much better than maybe it came out the first time because you're always learning and developing and growing. And so it's, it's just this amazing opportunity to be able to have a book uh, that is that can really be personally from you and from your experience. So what are some of the yeah. other doors of opportunities that you've experienced through blogging? Well, I think just because you have, you know, you're supposed to be posting so often, and I do because of the newspaper connection, it's been a fertile field for me. It's generated more and more information and more and more ideas, just like you talked about the RAS. My RAS is like spinning out of control half the time because, of all the fertile ideas I've had through blogging and the way that it just kind of mushrooms on it. And so I love that because it's short. It's not like, you know, investing months into writing a book. You have an idea right. and you put it down and it develops as right. it goes. Another, right. um, I've developed new topics for speaking because of my blogs. I started blogging about goals and I started thinking about that you know, and I have a connection on my, um, I have a little ebook about that now, Goals Your Way. So it's based on personality styles. How do you set and achieve goals based on your personality styles? And that has developed into a workshop that I've just gotten approved for Stonecross. So I'll be starting that awesome. this fall. So that has developed a new topic for speaking. And then also, this is what I was thinking about before. The opposite is true, too. So when I have a topic that I've been speaking on, or something I've been writing on, or a Bible study I've led, that can become a blog post as well. So it works both ways. So when right, I'm out of ideas right. for a blog post, I can go, oh, I can pick this snippet out of my book and put it in as Absolutely. a blog post. It's really yeah. a great way to repurpose information. And I, expanding on that concept, too, if you have a workshop, a book, um, a journal, whatever, that, those are wonderful places to find short little blurbs for your social media as well. And then anything that has merit or gets immediate response, turn it into a blog post. Anything that has merit or immediate response to that, think about an article, pitch it to a magazine. I mean, that's kind of how this thing um, mushrooms, and it's so fun to watch. You know, you, you just... I don't know, Deb, but like if, if you're like me, you're just pitching stuff out there. You're pitching stuff out, mm -hmm. and you think it's good. You don't pitch it unless you think it's a good ball. I mean, every pitcher doesn't stand mm -hmm. up there and say, well, I'm just going to throw stupid rollers on the ground until I feel like throwing a good ball. No, if they throw a great ball every time. And sometimes it's just the perfect thing, and it just, mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's a, you know, base hit or maybe it's a t double, but sometimes it's a home run. And when you hit a home run, then take that to the next level. Don't just go, oh, that was fun. <laughs> <You know? laughs> what, can, what can I do next? You know, because honestly, people, we were talking about this with recipes um, the other day. A friend and I were talking about recipes and how with the blogging recipes now, um, the, the food blogs, you actually are getting amazing feedback immediately from people, whether this was a good recipe, a fair recipe, or a bad recipe. And so when the new cookbooks are coming out, they are so much better than they ever used to be because everything is honestly vetted. 
vetted. It's like people have already voted on the best ones. Those are the ones that go in the book. The rest of them don't go in the book. You know, and it, we have this opportunity with our own personal blogs and uh, social media too to test the water in any different aspects. I love that. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yes. The one okay. area that I really depend a lot on is my stats. Stats are really big on your blog. You want to see how many people clicked on that one blog post and you can see what what are the popular topics what are the things that people want to read about and I've stumbled across keywords and topics that I'd never really thought about before because that just happened to be one of them for me is broken heart and this just blew Mm -hmm. me away Um, that since I wrote my first post with broken heart in the title that has continued to be the number one word keyword that people use when they come to my site. I'm like the mm. broken heart site now, including, Marty, on Valentine's Day. It's Aww. the number one keyword. Isn't that sad? Aww. There's a lot of broken hearts out there. I know. There I'm are. just blown away. Yeah. Every single uh-huh. week since I wrote that first blog, it's broken mm. hearts every time. I never had, I never would have guessed it was that big. I love that comment. I love that comment right there because we really can't guess. We really cannot guess what's going to be big. But people right now are able to show us. And you said something about stats being really important to you. And I was going to make a comment here too. Instead of only paying attention to how many comments your blog gets, look at the Mm -hmm. stats. That's way more important than how many comments. Mm -hmm. Yes, because there's a lot of people out there that are just, watching and reading <laughs> they won't yeah, make comments I, I call them stalkers you know it's kind of a yeah. bad word but honestly honestly like in social media i think the numbers now gradually coming down but just a little while ago it was like 90 percent of social media uh people just they they only watch they don't do they don't yeah. like they don't comment they just watch and a lot of blogging yes yeah. yeah, never do anything they just read it and leave you know so the stats yeah. are hugely important and what's beautiful, yeah. of course, with Blogger or WordPress, too, is you've got the automatic stats. You don't have to pay separate for that. It comes with the site. Again, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it okay. is amazing. Okay, anything else, anything else in this one? Just a little bit on stats. Um, the thought just went out of my head here. <laughs> oh, you can not only see how many people visited your site or visited a certain blog post, but how much time they spent there. So that's also right. important, important to see you know, if they're just jumping in and jumping out really quick or how much time they're spending and what they're looking at. It's really very, a lot of information. It's amazing how much you get. Yeah, yeah. And we've got about two minutes left. Um, under Ooh. the doors of, I know, under the doors of opportunity, <laughs> I, I wanted to mention that, um, Deb, you came on my show because I know of you and you, your topic matched um, where we were going. But just this week, I actually went out searching for a guest on a topic that I didn't have an expert in my, you know, womenspeakers.com. I didn't have that expert there. So I went mm-hmm. outside and looked. And where did I look? I looked at blogs. I looked at blogs until yeah. I found the one that matched. But that's why I invited on my show. So it can open a lot mm-hmm. of doors. Anything else Absolutely. right on the top of your head? Um, I just wanted to share a verse that I had. Um, it's Isaiah 38, 30 verse 8. Now go write it on a tablet before them and mm-hmm. inscribe it on the scroll that it may serve in the time to come as a witness forever. That was written 2,600 years ago when mm-hmm. they were writing on a physical piece of paper or 
um, a scroll or whatever they wrote on, and they had to preserve that. They had to keep copying those scrolls. That's how we have our Bible. But, you know, they tell us that online stays there forever. And mm. it's kind of a scary thing if you're posting pictures of yourself at some party on Facebook, but it's an amazing thing if you know that your words about your walk with Christ are going to be there forever. You don't have to depend on somebody copying them. And so my so encouragement great. for your audience is, is he calling you to write down the lessons that you have learned so that they can serve others in a time to come for a witness forever. Oh, awesome. What a fun hour. You guys, thanks for being here. Check out Deb Potts, D-E-B-P-O-T-T-S dot com. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.